You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Hi, I'm Jennifer Wood. And I'm Jennifer Connor from Equestrian Businesswomen. And you're listening to Equestrian B2B, the podcast that brings together industry leaders, entrepreneurs, and equestrians for conversations about how they build and sustain a successful business. On today's show, Jen and I are going through some of our favorite clips over the last 35 episodes. We hope you enjoy revisiting these memorable moments, and the full episodes are available wherever you get your podcasts. Stomach ulcers make you feel bad. All Natural Ulcer Relief makes you feel good. With no known side effects and a 100% money-back guarantee, why not give it a try? UlcerRelief.com. The first clip we're going to listen to comes from our first, very first episode, where we were talking to two ladies about protecting yourself as an equestrian business owner. We spoke with Dr. Darby Bonomi and Laura Kessner. You know, it happens in so many other businesses. It's actually got a name. It's called the sunk cost fallacy. Hmm. Oh, We've spent a lot of time and energy making this mistake. We shouldn't stop now. (laughs) Yeah. But then you just keep sinking more into it, right? (laughs) More in. I mean, so it's, you know, it's so prevalent that that it has a name. And there's, you know, that's that's the first step to this is understanding really what you're dealing with. And. Mm -hmm. And acknowledging it. It's okay. This happens everywhere. Companies roll out giant software programs that don't work. But right. we spend a lot of time and yeah. money and energy putting this in. So we shouldn't. Yeah, right. But <laughs> organizations that are open to change you know, at all levels, they have to be realistic about what they've done and where they're headed. And, and when something doesn't work, you have to be willing to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I, I personally think that women are used to this, right? You know, we, we right. recraft ourselves in our lives, especially if we have families. We do it a few times during our lives and I see it all the time, right? You're in a different phase yeah. with your mm-hmm. family and now it's time, right? You've been, maybe you've been home for a period of time and I mean, that was true for me. And then I read recraft. I recrafted myself a few times, right? Yeah. Um, I stopped a really um, intense clinical career, which I thought I was going to go a certain direction. And then I had my kids and I, I, I wanted to change. Actually, I, you know, I felt different. And so I recrafted my career to work mostly in schools and, and do parenting classes and parenting work and then recrafted again with horses when I reclaimed horses in my life. So I, but I see this all the time with women. Um, and I'm, yeah, I am really proud of lots of my clients who have recrafted their life. I see so many women work and work and work and work, and they just are digging a hole deeper and deeper and deeper. I think you just you hit on something so important. Like it's okay to not follow everything to the absolute bitter end. It is okay to realize that you realize how this story is going to go and, and, and pull yourself up or, or pull the nose of that plane up before it crashes. It's okay. You don't have to let everything burn to the ground to prove that you tried as hard as you could. So <laughs> your family and your friends and your relationships and your money it's okay to be all right. Yeah. Yeah. This one hit me like a load of bricks when she said that. And I was like, like the light bulb turned on and <laughs> yeah. I was like, yes, you know, I've seen, I've done that, you know, continuing to do something that I hate or wasn't working just because I felt like I had to. And, um, you know, so many times we talk with people about setting boundaries and saying no. And, and this is, I think, an extension of that of knowing when to say stop, and it's enough. 
Yeah, I felt like she really gave people permission to to say, okay, I can quit. And and not in a bad sense, in the sense that you don't right. have to, the crash and burn that so many people go through, you don't have to get to that point. It's okay. Yeah, that was really a really cool discussion. And for it to be in our very first episode, um, I think, you know, we get numbers from Horse Radio Network of popular episodes and this one is I think because it's the first episode and people tend to start there but also because it was such a good discussion that uh it's our most one of our most popular episodes so yeah it's pretty pretty impactful the second clip we're going to listen to is from episode number two that's how to put your best foot forward in a job interview and we're going to listen to Holly White talk about women and applying for jobs do you think women have to have to prepare differently than men for interviews? It's a, it's a really good question. I mean, when I personally, no, they should not have to prepare differently, right? You know? right. But, but reality is, I mean, I think one of the things I've known with women is that when they're applying for jobs, like they feel like they need to be 150% qualified for a job to, to apply for it. Whereas a guy will look at it and say like, they've got half of the requirements down. Oh, I can do that job. So I always tell people that, you know, women in particular that one, they got to apply if they, if they think they can do that job or they're really interested in that job, you need to apply. Like that's step one, because guess what? You're not going to get the interview unless you apply. So, um, you know, that's one thing that women need to do. I think personally, um, I think I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm, I don't, um, want to say that women have to do things differently. I'm just going to basically say that when you are, um, going to an interview, it's always, you know, over prepare and which I think women do naturally. So it's interviewing is a skill. So practice, um, Mm -hmm. and practice with your friend and record yourself. Like you can even just read questions off and just put out your iPhone and record yourself and hear your responses. How are you presenting yourself? Are you using filler words? Are you making eye contact? Um, you know, these are some things just to be, uh, prepared for. And I think, um, you know, women also, you, it's helpful to know who, who is on the interview panel because it's always more knowledge is power. So like if you're going to be on an interview panel, um, and there's going to be a finance person and maybe a, a marketing person and maybe an HR person, you can do some research to find out like, okay, where have they worked before? Um, maybe even, so, you know, some social media is really powerful. You can kind of see what kind of posts they might be sharing. So like, what's their background and interest? So therefore you can, um, customize your responses a little bit more towards them. I love listening to Holly. Uh, because yeah. I think she's so knowledgeable. Um, she has so, such worldly knowledge, but also as a cr- recruiter, I think that she gave some really good advice there about just apply for the job. For sure. I still think about that when she said that women feel like they have to be 150% qualified for anything and, <laughs> some, mm-hmm. you know, as a general rule. Because um, I agree. And I think I'm like that. Like, I don't want to go into something if I don't know what's happening and how it's going to be. And like, I'm not going to drive somewhere unless I know exactly where I'm going. And I've looked at directions and yes. all of that. Like <laughs> you checked out the so, parking, right? <laughs> all the time. If it's a pain in the butt to park, like I'm probably not going to go because yeah. I cannot stand. That is one of my biggest pet peeves is, is not finding parking easily. So 
Yeah. It's a good thing I don't live in a big city. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Yeah. But it was, I thought that was like an important point that she made. And also I liked the advice that she was given um, about, you know, researching who could potentially be on the panel and, you know, just, just that advice to give you a one up when you go into an interview. For sure. Our next clip is from episode six, where we talked with equestrian businesswoman, Erin Brown, also known as the Concrete Cowgirl. And this was the first kind of episode where we just talked to one person about their experience. And we've done it a few times since. And I think it's been really cool to kind of deep dive with someone and find out more about them and how they started their businesses. And um, this conversation was really amazing. I thought I love talking to Erin and learning about her and you know, how she started with horses and how she's made it her living and making the mo- the Netflix movie that she was on. And um, it was just a great conversation. So uh, listen to this clip from Aaron Brown. It seems like all the experiences and the different places you worked and like your dad's business and the contacts that you probably made in the police department all gave you such a unique perspective in order to make Pura successful and and able to happen. Did you find that having all of those different job experiences and working lots of different places helped you? Honestly, I'm going to be 100% honest. I have not thought about it just until now, until you were saying it. Thinking about all of these administrative side of Pura and taxes and payroll and right. all of those things that I've done, it's basically prepared me for this. So now that I'm thinking about it, that's <laughs> absolutely so true. <laughs> that was a spontaneous question that I right. asked. It was not one that we had planned, but it came into my head as we were listening to her talk about things and um I thought it was kind of cool that it was a, a, a realization for her too. Yeah, that was really awesome that that when you said it, it's like the light bulb went off for her. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so I hope people will check out that episode because it was really special to talk to her and learn more about her. Yeah, and I love the, the movie. The movie is super cool. It was very cool movie. I'm, I'm glad that we Go watched check out it Concrete Cowboy on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, like I'm glad we watched it before we talked to her. Yeah, me too. Because it was fun to see like her talk about people in the movie that were the characters, and she knew them and knows them personally. So that was cool. yeah, it was really cool. The next clip is from episode eight, Tech Talk: The Business Behind App Building, um, where we spoke with. Um, Chelsea Dexter and Nicole Lakin. Uh, Chelsea has a down the road app. Nicole has a barn manager app. So we talked to them about building apps and um, I think gave us probably the funniest moment in our podcast out of 36 episodes. So uh, we hope you enjoy it. Chelsea, what is the best habit that keeps you motivated? I have this very strange habit that I go test drive very expensive cars. (laughs) 
so I took I've out never a- heard that one before. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I got the champagne taste with the beer budget right now. So I just took out a Maserati. And- really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went to... <laughs> Oh, uh, so actually, this is like one of those things that my ex would always be like, why are you doing this? And like, I would go to houses that are like multi-million dollar houses and screw showings and stuff. So I could be like, because I, that in my world, that keeps me hungry. That I'm not going to stop until I have that Maserati. I'm not going to stop until I am driving my McLaren down 70. I <laughs> I am hungry, and that is my motivation. <laughs> so <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yep. Also, if that keeps you motivated. That's awesome. Yep. I don't, I Plus, think... it's really fun, right? It is really fun. Or another good motivation is look how much student loans you owe, and then that will also get get you back to work. So, yep. <laughs> so Nicole, what what keeps you motivated? I don't, I don't think I can follow that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know if I've stopped laughing since since that episode and and her. I comments. still think about it. <laughs> I know that was yeah. like one of many times that we cracked up through that whole episode because she is quite a character and uh, so fun. Yeah, super fun. But, and you know, she's obviously like outgoing and and funny and everything, but she really connects all of that to what she does in business. You know. Like yeah. she, she has a reason for why she goes and does these things because they remind her of what she wants to do and it keeps her going and wanting to succeed and build bigger and, and do more. And I think that is really impressive. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it, it's just kind of a lesson for everybody to find out what motivates you. Mm-hmm. You know, it might it might be in an unusual place. The next clip comes from our episode number 13, and that was um, Overcoming Adversity with Holly Jacobson. She's into reigning and riding, but she's had to overcome a lot of challenges in her life. And this is what this clip is about her first time back riding after she had her accident. I was traveling around and working out and trying to get fit again. And I actually went to on a trip to New Zealand hiking and they had trail rides there. And I was like, we should take a trail ride. And it was just the nose to tail pony kind of thing. And it was a great way to see the landscape. So I got all cocky about it. And after one trail ride, I signed up for another one at a different place. And they said, oh, we have two groups, a slow group and a fast group. And I was like, well, I know how to ride. So, of course, I opted for the fast group. And, of course, I hadn't ridden in 14 years. So, my balance was terrible. (laughs) And as soon as we, the horses knew where you take off, as soon as they went, I was in the dirt. Oh, no. (laughs) Got everybody stopped. They got that going in the dirt again. And my friend didn't go on the second trail ride. He had enough already. And he's, I came back to our D and D like just covered in dirt and (laughs) blood. And he was like, what happened to you? And I'm like, yeah, I think if I want to ride again, I have to go all the way back to the beginning and start over. And so that's how I started my journey back. Wow. And what's your current involvement with the, in the equine industry? 
Well, after many detours, I actually started back in my old Hunter Jantha roots, and then I detoured into dressage. And now I am in, somehow I ended up in Western Raining. <laughs> because I accidentally bought a really cool rainer. <laughs> accidentally. Holly is such an inspiration to anybody who meets her because it just shows what kind of grit she has. And I really like that clip because it shows you like she, she thought that she could just go and do it and she couldn't. And she realized what she needed to do to get back into riding full time. Yeah. And I think, you know, even falling off, she was, I I don't know if I'd gone through what she went through and then decided to ride again and fell off twice. I don't think I'd go back to riding anymore. Right. Like I'd say, okay, that's not for me. But you know, for her to keep going and to go back to the sport that she started in, hunter jumper, then she she found para dressage and she was successful at that. And now she's para para reining, and she's incredibly successful at that. And she has an amazing horse, and um, uh, it was so cool to hear about it. Yeah, her, her accidentally buying a really cool Rainer. He is really cool. <laughs> He's beautiful. And um, yeah, I think her story was a really special one to hear. I agree. Our next clip comes from episode 15 called Retail Therapy. That's where we spoke with Mary Campbell from Marigoods, as well as Hope Birch from Maryland Saddlery. Um, and this was a really cool episode. Both of them had really great tips for people and um, it was a wonderful conversation. And, you know, at the end of each episode, we have our four questions that we ask every guest and I really loved the answer to this one. So I hope you enjoy listening. And Hope, how about you? What's one action that women can take to make a big difference in their lives? It's funny because I'm right in the same vein. I was going to say have courage and don't expect everything to be perfect. Don't let perfection get in the way of progress. Perfection is is a soul crusher. And it actually, you think you're waiting for perfection, but you don't know enough to know what's perfect. So you might as well just dump it and move on. And confidence comes after courage, only after courage. You have to live slightly. So like the best thing you can do is live slightly out of your comfort zone. If you're living in your comfort zone, you're living small. So you have to live outside your comfort zone. You have to do something that scares you. And if it doesn't scare you, it's not a good choice. It really isn't. It's just, you know, sitting and watching Netflix. So yeah, <laughs> you have to live outside your comfort zone. <laughs> Try something bold. <laughs> Take the leap. What did you think listening back to that? It's great advice. And it actually brings me kind of into a current situation that I have right now. And, you know, I feel like, oh, wow, I needed to hear that. Because so often we do stay in our comfort zone and we talk about it a lot. We don't want to suck at things, right? So we, we, uh, <laughs> you know, it's hard to try something new, but that's such, such powerful advice. Yeah. And taking the leap and trying it, you know, even if, it doesn't work out. You learn from that and maybe you're back where you started. But if you take the leap and it does work, like look at, look at what you've done and, and how you've grown and what you've learned. And um, I just loved that piece of advice from hope. Yeah. And I also like the part about perfection because 
Perfection can be the enemy of the good. (laughs) In episode 26, we talked about how to be creative and keep creativity consistent with Trisha Booker and Michelle Block. Um, We had a really fun conversation and lots of laughs as well in this episode. So I hope you enjoy this clip. And then, of course, it's quick. I have to, you know, capture those ideas, right? And the moment yep. that they actually happen, then you're like scrambling for the phone or running for a piece of paper. Like, oh, my gosh, I got to get it down right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to lose it. <laughs> That's happened to me a couple of times when I'm driving and I'm like, oh, oh, no. Like, I'm driving. Yes. <laughs> it's the worst. Like, what am I going to do now? Especially if I am listening to a podcast or a book on tape and I, there's like something that yes. from something they said. And I'm like, oh, darn. <laughs> Yeah. I've always I've always kept car journals, I call them. They're like little notebooks that go in the center console. Um, <laughs> you know, just to make sure. <laughs> so today I was cleaning out my car and I found a band-aid that had like a quote written on the back of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you win. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh wow. I don't even know when that happened, but <laughs> That's great. I love that so much. (laughs) So Jen has Band-Aid inspiration. Um, (laughs) Did you remember saying that in an episode? No, I forgot, but I still have that (laughs) Band-Aid. You should put it up in your office. Yeah, like it's on my desk. (laughs) Hilarious. Wait, um, so it's the Band-Aid wrapper, right? Not the yeah, actual it Band-Aid. It's the wrapper. It's on the back of the wrapper. <laughs> I was grabbing for, for anything I could find. <laughs> it's, I love so that. I, it just uh, made me laugh. I had to include it. Yeah, that was really... It was a true story, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. Usually, I try and like put... I'm on the treadmill when I'm listening to podcasts where I find a quote that I like, and then I try and put it into my my notes on my phone. But that day I was driving the car and I was like, oh, I got to get this down. And mm-hmm. so whatever you can find, right? Yeah. And I love that episode. Uh, Trisha and Michelle had so many great things to say about um, nurturing creativity and how to keep it going and how to find creativity in lots of different ways. Uh, so I highly recommend listening to that episode. Yeah, I really liked it too. Actually, you know, we had gone back and forth about which clip to take out of there. And um, I, I'm i glad that we took the one that you you came up <laughs> with. But uh, there were some other ones in there too. And um, it's mm-hmm. in the beginning of the that episode, we talk about a little bit about the definition of creativity. And I think that it's really worth a listen for everybody. So our next clip comes from episode 28, a conversation about pivoting and opening new doors with Maria Falgioni. And this was a really awesome episode, especially for me and you, because it's our best friend. Yeah. (laughs) And being able to talk to her more about how much we admire her and how proud we are of her and to hear, you know, her thoughts on her career and her business and her life-changing decisions was really special for me because, you know, we are constantly texting each other about all sorts of things, but getting deep into a conversation and speaking her with, with her for a straight hour was very cool. So 
Um, we hope you like this clip. But is there a certain process that you go through like that makes you not overthink it? Well, you, is it like positive thinking? Like you just think yes. you're going to get to the right spot? Yes. I absolutely 100% believe that it is going to work out. And you know what? It does. Yeah. If you sit there and overthink it and come up with all these ways why it won't work out. I mean, you can really talk yourself out of it. And I think that, I don't know, I live my life in this kind of weird way where if you sit there and go, this bad thing could happen, this bad thing could happen, this bad thing can happen. They do. You kind of invite that. I mean, I'm not saying that bad things will certainly happen, but I'm saying your life goes where you focus your attention. It really does. And if you focus your attention on this is going to work out, then it will work out. This is kind of how I like to live my life too, is being positive and in writing in a gratitude journal. And so to hear Maria say that that's kind of a key to how she lives her life um, makes me know that I'm on the right track or makes me feel like confident in the fact that I, I try and see the good and, and that the good's going to come back to me. You know, it's funny. I sometimes think of people that I know or that I've worked with and they're constantly in some kind of peril or like, <laughs> all these awful things keep happening to them. Or, you know, I don't know. It's very strange. And, you know, the way she talked about how you kind of invite that into your life by the way that you make decisions or the way that you, your outlook on life. Um, I was like, yes, because I have seen people like that. I know people like that. And I think it's for people like that, it's a very difficult and there's probably lots of extenuating circumstances, I'm sure for people to change how they look at the world. You know, some people are born positive. Yep. I'm I am not an optimist. I never have been and um but I don't think I'm a person where bad things happen all the time because I don't accept that and I don't think about it and you know, I'm a little risk adverse but <laughs> it's um but it was cool to hear how, you know, she does truly believe that things will work out for her and they always do. And we always remark about that. Yep. <laughs> and um, it's it just goes to show that I think some people can decide their futures and make decisions based on how they want it to happen and um, and putting aside all the the doubt and the worries and like hope said in a previous clip of being uncomfortable with not knowing the outcomes uh, can really take you to new places in life. Yeah. I, th I think that you can be a magnet. You can be a magnet for good or you can be a magnet for bad. And so I think that, you know, it seems like Maria, she's, being a magnet for good in her life a lot. <laughs> and yeah. I, and I don't know if you you know I don't think of you as a negative person Jen. I think of you as a positive person. It just I th I don't think you have to be a positive and optimistic. You know, I think that those yeah. can be two separate things. Yeah. 
I've always considered myself a realist. <laughs> yeah. So, so there you go. Um, yeah. yeah. One thing I have to say, and we've we've talked about this before, is when you're in a bad mood and something bad is happening, how likely you are to catch your clothes on something or oh my God, yes. your bags. <laughs> and your it only loop makes- on the door handle. <laughs> yes. That makes me lose my mind. I know. Yeah. And it's almost like it makes it worse, right? And spirals, yeah. spirals out of control. Yes, totally. Or I like drop things or yeah. I ram my toe. I uh, stub my toe into something like, yeah. And then so, changing your mindset. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Reduces so <laughs> the possibility of those things. Absolutely. And I think of that a lot when I start going down the road where I'm so mad and I'm getting caught on things and dropping crap. I'm like, okay, let's take a breath. We need to think a little more positively because we're on a bad, bad track right now. Yeah. I think the one of the big things that changed the way I handle things is having kids because yeah. They're always watching you. They're always listening to you. And I don't, you know, want them to always be negative and down about things. So, um, yes, they see frustration sometimes. They have to see the way that I really feel a lot of times. But, um, you know, trying to recalibrate and reframe my reactions to things uh, has been it's a steep learning curve, but yeah, <laughs> still working on it. Uh, well, I know my brother, I don't have kids, but my brother does. And um, his little one or the older one was throwing a fit in the car because my brother has terrible road rage. And the little one is sitting in the back seat. And my parents are driving. He's like, look at this guy. <laughs> That's <laughs> My mom's like, oh, Chris, I think you better cool it a little bit while you're driving because the kids are starting yep. to act just like you. <laughs> yep. And and they feed off of it too. Like, yeah. yeah, they definitely notice and and start changing the way they're acting or they start tantruming more because you're fed up and tired and frustrated. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a... Uh, a lifelong journey, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, definitely. This next clip comes from episode number 32, The Business of Being a Veterinarian. We spoke with Dr. Dinah Scorich and Dr. Keelan Redmond, and I thought this was a very important episode for everybody to listen to about how to treat your vet. The suicide rate is really high in veterinary medicine, and I think that they give us some really good tips about how they want to be treated and how we can just spread kindness. And we're going to listen to Dr. Redmond speak a little bit here. I would say to sort of borrow a Sheryl Sandberg bit is lean in in the beginning. Don't plan your career like you want to back out of it later. Jump in with both feet, buckle down as hard as you can. And I think, I hope, that that will give you the leverage and the credibility to be able to say no later. Yes, absolutely. Lean in at first. Don't plan on half doing it in 10 years. I completely agree That's with you. That's true. That's true. I agree with that. I really liked that tip um, from Keelan. And, you know, it came after our conversation about, you know, being kind and showing empathy for people, um, 
you know, especially vets that it's a, it's a difficult profession. You go through so much school and most people have like really huge student debt from it. And they both, you know, have experience of losing somebody that they knew to suicide. So, um, and, you know, before that, Dinah had talked about uh, women should learn how to say no. <clears throat> and I think that was imperative to the conversation because, you know, with vets, they're on call a lot. You know, they talked about people texting them at 11 o'clock at night and people not being on time for appointments or not understanding when they're running late because something turned into an emergency. And, um, you know, that was, I think, great advice from Kulin about, you know, yeah, you do have to put in a lot of work when you start something. And then it gets you to a place where you can start setting boundaries and you can start saying no. And both of them are very strict with their clients and saying, I'm not going to answer you past a certain time at night. And I, uh, you know, they have to set those boundaries. So I thought that was really important to listen to. Yeah. I, I really thought that this was a, a good episode that, you know, when Dinah was talking about it, um, saying no, it's it's not a bad thing. Like you, you don't want to say yes to things that you then regret saying yes to, right? So, and I and I think earlier in the episode, that's what she was kind of referring to is don't agree to do things if you really are going to hate doing it and being able to say no to that. So, uh, I think that is a very important lesson. It was kind of a callback to the episode where we talked about mentorships and there was um, the farrier that we spoke with and she, you know, talked about having people under her and learning from her. And, you know, you do have to work your butt off and, um, and maybe that still needs to be told to upcoming generations of, yeah, like, you're not going to come out of college and, and find a job where you get to do whatever you want and you get great hours and you get five weeks of paid time off, you know, like <laughs> right. you have to earn that and yeah. you do have to work hard um, and put in the time and, and show people that, you know, you're, you're willing to go the extra mile and that leads to situations where you get to, um, you get more out of it. And, um, and I think so many times we are talking with entrepreneurs and it's really hard starting a business and it's even harder keeping a business. And, right. you know, yeah. you are working crazy hours and putting a lot of pressure on yourself to succeed because you started it and it's your passion and you want it to pay your bills and keep you fulfilled. And um, so I think that discussion really can go so many ways and can help a lot of people no matter what business you're in. Absolutely. And one thing that they said in that episode that sticks with me is veterinarians don't quit because of the horses. 
Right. Yep. You know? And and think people need to realize that and think about it. Yep. The last clip is going to come from episode number 33. Learning about expanding into international markets with Linda Hawk. And this one is was very interesting. Her story is great. She is a very interesting woman. She has great products. And I think that um, she gives some good tips, you know, from marketing all the way to patents on her products. And we're going to listen to her chat a little about her marketing strategy. You know, one of my favorite taglines, and for me, this is great, you know, a a tool for anybody for marketing is, and it's probably a question maybe later on, is not pushing the sale so much as I can go to Rolex, let's say, um, and I will stand out at the front of my booth. So I have the girths hanging and, and I have a table with all my products on it. And people will be looking at my girth as they come by and you just know the wheels are turning and I'll go, come on in. The story's free. Yeah. And they look at me like, oh, okay. I'm up for a free story. And I will tell them, and I still do to this day, I'll be in at Equine Affair in Massachusetts in a couple of weeks. It's more important that you hear my story than it is for you to buy my product. Because mm. what I will do is I will plant the seed ears back, tail swishing, teeth grinding, not making the distances, going to bite you when you tack them up. That Those are signs sometimes for both spurs, spur use. And then when you're doing up a girth or riding, short striding, don't want to breathe deeply. And at least now I've planted the seed of, oh, right, that's what she was talking about. Yeah, you do want to bite me when I tack you up. Mm-hmm. And they just never put it together. They think it's bad behavior, you know, right. things like that, right? So it's Not been a fascinating the cause. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Linda's definitely a storyteller. She told a bunch of stories in that episode that really helped illuminate what she does and why she does it. Um, and I really liked her anecdote there to talk about, you know, um, how she came to develop these products and why they worked for her horses and um, she can give examples of, you know, probably <laughs> 10 examples of each kind. And um, that's what sells her products. You know, yes. the the social media ads or, you know, advertisements in a magazine help and it gets brand recognition. But she feels what sells her products is talking to people and finding out what their problem is and how what she has might be able to help. So funny story about her saying her story is free. I actually used that line when I was at a trade show recently because I was like, I have to try this out. <laughs> and and you know what? People like, they're looking a little weird. They're like, oh, okay. And they come over and then they're like, I guess I'm, I'm selling a new PRP product. And they're like, I'm like, oh, come on over. The story's free. And they were like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I I think it's a it was an interesting way to market to sell. Um, I I li- like listening to her style of selling because it's not a hard sell on people, and you know mm-hmm. it's more of a the storytelling and creating planting the seed, which I like um, because then you know what people will come back to you if you can plant a good seed in their mind, and it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a car salesman type sale that you're yeah. doing. So the constant um, pushing of do you yeah. want to buy it? Oh, well, I'll give you 10% off. Do you want to buy it now? Like yeah. that drives me insane. 
Yeah. Um, and sometimes the the biggest hurdle is just getting somebody to stop. Yes. And listen. And yep. I think that's a great way to do it. Yeah. And I like how she talked about in that episode, she sets up her booth and, you know, she makes it inviting for people and she doesn't stand behind anything. She stands out in front. And, and I do think that those are really great like tips that she gave and, you know, just for, for any business, any person who's trying to sell something, be approachable. So I came up with this idea to do this clip show because I've always wanted to do one, but um, it was a good way for us to kind of round out the end of the year. We've been doing this podcast for a year and a half somehow. I don't know I how know. it happened so quickly. You know, we have, this is our 37th episode and to look back at the wealth of knowledge and experience and conversations that we've had over these 36 episodes is pretty incredible. And I feel so lucky to do this with you. And I think it's um, brought us closer together. And absolutely. Um, and I, I just really want to say how special it is for me to have this with you and to share it with so many people that listen and um, to be able to kind of widen our network and be able to, uh, you know, learn and, and grow more through it. I am so proud of us for doing it. And I am so proud of all of our friends who we had on the podcast, because yeah. I don't know if people realize that, but these are connections that we have made with people over years. And that most is. of them are, you know, lots of them are our friends, like good friends. And so mm -hmm. having these conversations with them is really fun for us. But also, I think it gives us another perspective of our friends as well. Mm -hmm. And and see a different yeah. side. Yep. And I think um, the new people that we don't know at all, and getting to hear their stories and learning more about them and, and hearing their experiences uh, has been, you know, I, I really treasure it and I can't wait to keep it going and hear more. I, I feel like a lot of these people that we've had on are now friends, you know, like that. Right. Because of it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because of this. Totally. You know? Yep. Like hope um, from Marilyn Saddlery sent me her, tiny little lead line jacket for my daughter to wear in her first lead line class. And I'd never talked to Hope until we did the podcast. So right. that was really cool. And yeah, I think we've made friends from this. I still talk to people um, that I didn't know before we recorded an episode. Um, so I think it's, it, we have something special and uh, I'm glad we took the leap and did something we were uncomfortable with. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Starting a podcast was not on my to-do list uh, <laughs> for sure, but uh, it's become something that is really important to me. Yeah, same. And we really, you know, thank everyone at Horse Radio Network for being so supportive of us and helping us because Lord knows we do not have the time to edit all of these episodes and <laughs> <Right>. yeah, <laughs> for sure. and get them out there. So 
Um, it's been great working with that group and uh, we really look forward to bringing you even more. Yeah, so we've got to wrap up this episode so we can bring you some more. So find the links to today's guests and the show notes at www.eqbusinesswomen.com. Equestrian B2B is out twice a month on the 1st and the 15th. You can find out more at eqbusinesswomen.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Find Equestrian B2B wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to follow, subscribe, and leave a review. You can have all 20 plus shows of the Horse Radio Network with you wherever you go with their free app for iPhone and Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. Now go listen to all our episodes.